This episode of Rights on the Line focuses on the prison situation in Iran during the COVID-19 pandemic and is a collaboration between frontline defenders and the Abdurrahman Burhamand Center for Human Rights in Iran, a non-governmental, non-profit organization dedicated to the promotion of human rights and democracy in Iran. In its documentation of human rights defenders' cases in Iran, Frontline Defenders has often drawn attention to the poor health conditions in the prisons. The Abdurrahman Baraman Center has also documented these conditions, most recently in its April 2020 report, COVID-19 Fear in Iran's Prisons, available on the center's website, www.iranrights.org. The first COVID-19 cases were reported in Iran on February 19th, in Qom. A month later, the annual Persian New Year celebrations of Nowruz meant that Iranians traveled extensively throughout the country as the government did not impose social distancing policies. As a result of the government's response, compounded by sanctions and a faltering economy, Iran today is one of the global epicenters of the pandemic. As of May 11th, there are almost 110,000 cases and over 6,500 dead, according to official figures. Iran is among the 10 most most affected countries, both in terms of number of cases and number of deaths per 100,000. The government has released approximately 100,000 prisoners in an effort to improve overcrowding at prisons, but poor conditions remain, and notably, imprisoned human rights defenders have almost entirely been excluded from furlough or release. In fact, in recent weeks, Frontline Defenders has reported on cases of human rights defenders being summoned to start serving prison sentences, including Shapur Esanirad, Nahid Khodaju, and Soha Mortezai. Sam Rajabi, who is imprisoned in the notorious Evan prison, was returned to prison despite having tested positive at a civic hospital while receiving treatment for another serious health condition, and long-term cases of human rights defenders Atina Daimi, Nargis Mohammadi, and Nasrin Sotudeh remain in prison. Iranian lawyer and Nobel Peace Prize winner Shirin Ebaldi spoke to Rights on the Line about her concerns for prisoners in Iran during the pandemic. What is your biggest concern for prisoners who remain in Iranian prisons today? given the coronavirus outbreak. ویروس کرونا متاسفانه در همه زندان‌های ایران گزارش شده. We've had reports of COVID-19 cases in prisons all around Iran and some prisoners have been reported positively infected. The medical and hygienic facilities are very poor and inadequate for responding to this pandemic in Iranian prisons. Of course, the overcrowded wards make social distancing almost impossible. These two factors expose the prisoners to a serious risk of infection. Your colleague and friend, Nargis Mohammadi, is one of those who are in prison today. What do you know about her condition and why is it imperative that she be released? Nargis, پس از اینکه بازار بشد, after being physically assaulted and exiled to Sanjan prison, Nargis's liberties were even more restricted. She's been denied access to books, newspapers, phone calls, and also has some underlying illnesses, which put her at an even higher risk. She's not allowed to see a specialist to check in on these health conditions. And of course, in general, the medical support in Sanjan prison is inadequate. A security agent supervising her case has told her more than once that she, quote, won't leave the prison alive. This treatment is all because the authorities fear her strong personality and her popularity among the Iranian people. For us, this seems like they're imposing a kind of silent death on one of our women human rights defenders. Why should the leaders of the Iranian government, some of whom have fallen sick and even died, pay attention to this call and free human rights defenders, political prisoners, and other nonviolent prisoners? 
حکومتی ایران به خوبی از خطرناک بودن این بیماری آگاهند و میدانند که ایرانیان authorities are well aware of the risk of COVID-19 and well aware of the Iranian prisons for medical facilities. They seem not to care about the lives of prisoners of conscience in particular. Many normal prisoners were released during the corona outbreak, but authorities set a condition saying that for prisoners with national security charges, only those prisoners with less than a five-year sentence could be temporarily released. This has of course been used as an excuse to keep human rights defenders in jail, because we all know that many HRDs with national security charges are convicted with sentences much, much longer than five years. To make it even clearer that they're explicitly targeting HRDs, they're simultaneously releasing prisoners with sentences longer than five years who have charges of things like theft and bribery. Often these releases are because of those prisoners' close relationships to power centers. But as this is going on, prisoners of conscience and women human rights defenders remain in detention. Thank you for joining us and your important appeal for prisoners in Iran. Roya Borland, director of the Abdurrahman Borland Center for Human Rights in Iran, joins us to explain the situation further, based on the research she led for the report, COVID-19, Fear in Iran's Prisons. Roya, please describe what was happening in prisons in Iran as the pandemic started to spread in the country. In late March 2020, as the deadly COVID-19 virus raged across Iran, prisons throughout the country witnessed protests, escape attempts, and other forms of unrest. Prison officials downplayed this incident as minor, even though they resulted in clashes with security forces and the death and injury of dozens of inmates. These events shed light on justified fear and anxiety of prisoners faced with an unprecedented health crisis. Can you provide context about prison conditions in Iran before the impact of COVID-19? Prison in the Islamic Republic of Iran are overcrowded. Several hundred thousand people are detained each year as a result of 1,800 acts being criminalized. Mass incarceration, combined with corruption, incompetence, and lack of resources, has created a hazardous environment for inmates, a significant number of whom are imprisoned for acts that shouldn't be punished at all or should not be punished with incarceration and the government of Iran regularly prosecutes individuals for expressing their political views, practicing and promoting their faith, or having an interpretation of religion that does not fit with official orthodoxy. It prosecutes citizens for participating in peaceful gatherings or protests and for reporting on them, for calling on the state to respect their cultural rights, for working to protect the environment, for opposing laws that violate citizens' rights, and for documenting human rights violations. Activists are in prison for opposing the death penalty. Lawyers are in prison for defending their clients' right to due process. Women are in prison for walking in public without a veil. Labor rights activists are in prison, as are teachers, journalists, social media users, and students. There are hundreds of human rights defenders in prison across the country, and during times of crisis and protests, thousands more people are rounded up and detained. In November 2019, for example, 
close to 7,000 people were arrested and sent to various prisons and detention centers, increasing the population of already saturated prisons. What measures did the authorities take when the virus started spreading? In late February, weeks after the first infections were reported in Iran, judiciary officials announced protocols meant to head off the spread of the novel coronavirus in prisons. These measures included daily rounds of disinfection, awareness trainings, distribution of hygienic supplies, and the formation of full-time task forces to monitor prisoners day and night, identify those at risk, and isolate and treat those showing relevant symptoms. However, reports from eyewitnesses from several prisons indicate that these procedures are not necessarily implemented and prisoners remain incarcerated in conditions that pose serious threats to their health and their lives. Please tell us about the findings of the center's recent report on prisons. In April, Abdurrahman Bourmont's Center for Human Rights published COVID-19 Fear in Iran's Prisons, a report calling for the government of Iran to release all nonviolent prisoners and to step up efforts to ensure the safety of all prisoners. As part of the report, the center spoke to recently released prisoners and other sources who provided information about what the situation was like in prisons throughout the country. What we learned is terrifying. A recently released prisoner held at Karaj Central Prison gave this testimony. In World One, they hold people for 15 days. After 15 days, anyone who is suspected to have COVID-19 or has a fever from all the wards of the prison are put in the same closed door suite. The last statistic I had was um, 35 people suspected of COVID-19 being held in the suite, but they weren't sent them, uh, to the hospital. They sent 10 people to Carriage Hospital, but the hospital said it couldn't take them. So they returned them to the prison inside the same suite. There are no facilities there. They either have to get better by themselves or die of the disease, unfortunately. All the training provided was limited to posters showing how to wash your hands at each ward's entrance where the guards sit. It was just a small notice that inmates could read once entering the ward. In several prisons, overcrowding makes social distancing a serious challenge. At Karaj Central Prison, holes with 300 beds are made to accommodate at least twice as many inmates, while in some wards of Vakilabad prison in Mashhad, inmates sleep on floors and in entryways. Sanitary facilities are too few for the number of inmates in most prisons, and hot water is available one or two hours per day. At Parsilan prison in Khoramabad, six toilets have been placed in a space built for three, forcing inmates to touch dirty walls while squeezing into stalls. A former inmate at Parsilan prison explained... The bathroom facilities were old and they wanted to renovate them, supposedly to improve them. The renovation was done by prisoners themselves with broken tiles filled with holes that collected debris. In a space that was meant for three toilets, they put in six or seven. So you had to slide sideways into the cram stalls. When you wanted to sit down or get up, you inevitably touched the walls of the stall. 
When the coronavirus came, the only thing they did was to try stop new entries into the prison. In all facilities investigated in this report, hand sanitizers are not available for prisoners, and the already inadequate distribution of hygienic supplies like soap and detergent, available free of charge, has not been increased adequately or at all, forcing some inmates to rinse their hands with water only. Cleanings are conducted every four or five days at Ahwaz Central Prison, and inmates have taken to using a bleach water mixture bought at the prison store to conduct cleanings themselves. Prisoners at Ahwaz Central Prison and Langerud Prison report the use of weak-smelling chemicals in cleanings by officials, regarding whose efficacy they have doubts. Another former Karaj inmate reported on measures taken regarding COVID-19. Prison personnel would come to work wearing masks and gloves and had alcohol spray with them. The alcohol spray for uh, disinfecting uh, was only available on their desk and would use them uh, for their own hands. Once the number of uh, suspected COVID-19 patients jumped from 3 to 35 in that suite known as Ward uh, 15, they started mixing water and alcohol and sprayed the phones and drones. This only happened after the number of COVID uh, cases uh, started to raise in the prison, to the point that prison guards started to request leave without pay. They do the spray every two to three days in each ward. In Orumie prison, the women's ward is isolated and receives little medical attention. Prison officials do not provide hygienic supplies free of charge to prisoners, forcing some of them to wash their cellmates' clothes and dishes to be able to buy soap, shampoo, or detergent. The prison's response to COVID-19 was to provide dishwashing liquid to inmates free of charge, only one liter per month for each room housing about 40 inmates. Though because of the pandemic, many prisoners have been given furloughs or have benefited from early release, too many remain behind bars. The Judiciary Directive authorizing COVID-19-related furloughs specifies that only prisoners with less than five-year sentences are eligible. But many human rights defenders, political prisoners, and prisoners of opinion have been sentenced to more than five years. Many among those who are eligible have not been released either, simply because intelligence or judiciary authorities prefer to keep them in prison. They are all at risk. In normal times, prisoners are more vulnerable to diseases than the general population. In a time of pandemic, the choice of not prioritizing prisoners' right to health in accordance with detailed international guidelines can have devastating consequences inside and outside prisons. And indeed, the virus is spreading in several prisons, including among prison staff. Reports about prisoners infected by the virus and kept inside the prison or refused by hospitals. In Greater Tehran Prison, medical care seems almost non-existent according to this testimony. Medical and treatment facilities were in short supply. Building 5 of the prison has more than 18,000 inmates. And I know now that for all of them, there is just one doctor at night and medical necessities and supplies run very low. There is no emergency room and basic emergency supplies are lacking.
Inmates are not even screened usually. Inmates with hepatitis, AIDS, and meningitis, and infectious disease don't get screened. At Elon Prison, the situation was described by a former prisoner. Most prison guards would walk in the wards. They would come for head counts and lights out, but they were not wearing masks or gloves. They didn't take it seriously at all. In a month, they came to disinfect once. They disinfected the beds and in between beds. I think it was chlorine. It smelled like chlorine. The medical staff never came to the wards to ask if there are any cases or if anyone has a high fever. Completely careless. The scope of coronavirus transmission within the prison system is unknown and Iranian officials refuse to provide the public with data. The pandemic has made all the more urgent concerns that have been repeatedly raised by human rights organizations over overcrowding, poor hygiene and nutrition, and the prevalence of disease in the country's prisons. Enclosed living spaces, lack of proper ventilation, along with prisoners' weakened immune systems, facilitate the spread of the deadly virus. The World Health Organization and the international human rights community have stressed the importance of preventive measures and provided guidelines to limit the spread both within prison and from prisons to the community at large. A key step in the guidelines is the release of significant numbers of prisoners, including those convicted of offenses not recognized in international law, in order to reduce the prison population. The release of certain inmates, about 100,000 according to the Iranian government, is a welcome step towards prison decrowding. But this is inadequate in its scope. Many inmates, including those convicted of offenses not recognized in international law, who should not have been in jail in the first place, and those who cannot afford bail remain behind bars, while the judiciary continues to prosecute and jail individuals for non-violent offenses such as petty theft and drug use. The judiciary also prosecutes citizens for providing data on or posting information about the virus on social media. This increases infection risks and adds to the anxiety of prisoners who languish in fear in substandard conditions without proper medical attention. It also aggravates the fear of their families who have no one to turn to. The dire state of Iran's prison is a policy choice, the responsibility for which rests with parliamentarians and governments who have for four decades failed to prioritize the country's penal system in resource allocation or, as recommended by experts and prison officials, in meaningful action towards reforming a draconian criminal code toward decriminalization. The pandemic provides an opportunity for Iranian officials to address those issues by listening to experts' voices. But there are steps that Iran can and should take in the short term. Iran must release prisoners whose convictions are politically motivated, those who cannot afford bail and those held for minor crimes, and to heed the advice and detailed recommendations of international organizations like the World Health Organization and take practical, concrete steps towards safeguarding the health and rights of persons deprived of liberty. Only such measures, coupled with transparency, proper monitoring, and accountability can prevent an unprecedented catastrophe of mass infections and deaths.
Thank you, Roya, for bringing us this information and the unique look into Iran's prisons at this critical moment. To read the report, COVID-19, Fear in Iran's Prisons, please visit www.iranrights.org. And for more information on human rights defenders at risk in Iran, visit www.frontlinedefenders.org Iran. Thank you for listening to this episode of Rights on the Line. Please visit the podcast page at www.frontlinedefenders.org slash podcast for all episodes and subscribe to Rights on the Line on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast platform. Thank you. Thank you.